Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black-eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mustafli Studios, it's Dark Fringe Radio. Dark Fringe Radio. I'm your host, Will Martinez, and uh, thanks for joining in. We've got an interesting podcast for you this, uh, this week for you guys, and uh, got my friends on the line, of course, my co-hosts, my partners in crime, starting off with Jay. Jay, what's up? What's going on, dude? I like the little classic opening. I like that. Yeah, little Derek and the Dominoes, little Layla. Gab? Are you on the line with us? I know you are, right? I'm there. I am. Uh, I'm on the line. How's there's everyone doing? We're doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for uh, coming on this week again. By uh, request, Thank everybody's uh, been ta- talking very highly of you. I'm not sure if you know that or not. That's the word on the street. No, on in- I don't. That uh, makes my day. <laughs> That's the word of the street on Instagram, at least. That's what I see. So, but uh, yeah, let, I said keep it up. You know, you're doing a great job. So, um, uh, yeah, let's uh, jump in. Uh, just uh, the social media, just like I always do every week. Just to remind everybody, I know it's kind of boring, but I have to do it. The website is darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. You can always catch all our stuff there. Um, and the social media, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. You can catch us at Dark Fringe Radio. Just those three words. Look us up there. Uh, give a follow, a share. Um, share all our stuff, please. Uh, we're constantly posting stuff there. And then uh, Gab has her uh, handle, which is Gab's Already Dead on Instagram. Um, you can catch all of her reviews. She's constantly doing reviews, but we'll get into all that uh, a little bit here later in the podcast. Again, um, I wanted to remind everybody how to catch the podcast. Uh, if you have an iPhone, just go to iTunes, look up Dark Fringe Radio, give us a subscribe, give a five-star like, uh, rating, please, and uh, leave a comment. Uh, we've had a couple comments so far, and uh, please keep them coming in. Uh, we appreciate them. Um, the more they come in, uh, we will go ahead and shout those out on the uh, the podcast as well. So that's on iTunes. If you have an Android phone, uh, very simple. Just go to your Google Play app, and um, you can look up Dark Fringe Radio there as well. Subscribe give a rating and uh and that's it it's very simple those are the two ways and if you don't have uh, you know either one of those kind of phones uh you're looking on a, maybe a desktop or a tablet or whatever the case may be just go to soundcloud you can go to our soundcloud page excuse me <clears throat> just look up dark fringe radio and uh you can just uh, you can catch every one of our episodes all the way back from episode one uh now we're up to uh episode 30 this is number or is this 31 i can't remember i think this is 31 so yeah it's just uh it's c- crazy to me that we've gotten this far we're almost heading up to our year anniversary do you know that jay in august it'll be one year uh you know i did i did know that but only because i've been going back and listening to uh some of our other the older podcasts that kind of look at some of the things maybe we covered that we didn't cover in depth or 
or things that you covered before I came along. I didn't think I come. I, I came along on uh, it was like episode four when we talked Mayweather McGregor. Right. That's um, correct. But so I, I didn't know that it was coming up. Uh, but still, it seems to have just flown by these thirty some odd episodes. Yeah, it, it went by pretty fast, and uh, you know now adding Gab to the whole mix is just giving us a whole new flavor, and um, you know reaching out to a whole new crowd of people, which um, you know I'm very grateful for. So you know I'm uh, you know that's coming up. Uh, I'm really I'm planning on doing a, a you know super podcast episode uh, for our year you know our year festivity I will say, and um, just uh, stay tuned for that. I'll give you more details as they come along. So. That's it for the intro, guys. Let's jump into some news, okay? For 15 years, I've been trying to teach you how to write a lead. Do I have to do everything myself? Get the story? Write the story? We'll do it live! Fuck it! I was looking at the James Brown wig. Fucking thing sucks! That's your kind of thing, Maria. You love to it yourself. Sometimes, yeah. I, I can. Take a look. Confucius say, I do not think this story had much validity. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I wanted to talk about a couple things, you know, some serious stuff that's been happening in the news as of late. And I hate to, you know, be the guy to be super serious and, you know, bring up some, you know, kind of really heavy material. But, you know, some, some of this stuff I think really needs to be talked about. And um, the first thing I wanted to kind of bring up was the um, killing of this guy named Stephen Clark. And um, I'm not sure if any of you guys have, you know, saw any of this information that's been on the news as of late uh, regarding what happened to this guy. And uh, it's a very sad situation. Um, And his uh, family ordered an autopsy and the the results of the autopsy came in. It was pretty, pretty damning, unfortunately. Um, And it's just a uncalled for event. I I believe in in my mind. And it's just something that is really not necessary. And, um, just uh, recently, uh, Stephen Clark was the unarmed man, excuse me, a 22-year-old uh, that was killed by Sacramento police earlier this month. And he was shot eight times, uh, with most of the bullets hitting him in the back, according to an independent autopsy requested by his family's attorney. Uh, the bullet struck uh, Clark in the neck, back, and thigh, breaking bones and piercing his lung, said uh, Bennett Omalu, a forensic pathologist. Uh, the bullets combined to make Clark bleed massively. Omalu said uh, his death wasn't instantaneous. Omalu, who is best known for his role in highlighting the concussive damage to football players, said to uh, on a new news conference Friday. Instead, Omalu said death took about three to ten minutes, possibly. Uh, Omalu announced that his findings amid continuing public anger over Clark's death. A day earlier, hundreds of um, mourners gathered to uh, grieve Clark at an emotional funeral that alluded to the tensions lingering in the community. Uh, Clark, a black man and a father of two, was fatally shot on March 18th by Sacramento police officers. Uh, The police in the California capital said that they were responding that night to a call about someone breaking into a vehicle. The shooting uh, was captured on footage recorded by body cameras and a helicopter video, and this uh, footage showed Clark running to the backyard of his grandmother's house where officers fired 20 times at him. Uh, The officials have not said how many times they believe Clark was struck. Uh, The officers said that they had fired thinking Clark had a gun, but the police have since said he was only holding an iPhone. Uh, Omalu said that uh, Clark was not facing the officers when he was killed. Uh, Benjamin Crump, an attorney for Clark's family who spoke before the Omalu uh, on Friday, said the autopsy findings uh, contradicted the police narrative of the plea of Clark's death. Excuse me. 
Uh, police had said officers fired at Clark, believing that he was pointing a gun at them, while Amalu said uh, his findings suggested instead that Clark was not even facing the officers when they fired. Uh, the Sacramento police declined to comment on Omalu's findings and Crump's statement, saying that it would be inappropriate uh, to do so before the release of the, count, uh, the county's coroner's report and the conclusion of the ongoing investigations into the shooting. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, polarizing subject and uh, you know issue that we have in, in Sacramento right now with this, you know, this shooting because. Of course, you know, we always have to take into account that, um, you know, we have to take the police's word for things when they say, um, you know, certain things have happened. But then, you know, you have these autopsies and reports that come out that say the opposite. So, again, now we're faced with that question, you know, why, you know, why are these things happening? What's uh, what do you guys feel about this? I think I read today that he was shot six times in the back. Yeah, that's it. That's correct. That's six times. That was the uh, updated report. Oh, Okay. I don't know about anybody else, but anymore, when I see cops, I kind of fear for my life at this point. I mean, it's almost like we need police to police the police now. Yeah, that's crazy to even think about that. But, you know, I could kind of see what you're saying. You know, it's uh, and it's kind of both ways, too, because I'm sure that the cops feel like everybody feels that way. So at every moment they encounter somebody, they're, they're not wondering if, you know, hey, if this is going to be a... Uh, you know, a standoffish uh, encounter or what, you know, what am I encountering at this moment? So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. What were you going to say, Jay? Well, I was going to say that my dad always used to say there's three sides to every story. There's yours, mine, and the truth. And I'm not, I'm not defending the, the police. What happened was a tragedy and that they should be held accountable, even if what they did was an honest mistake. You know, I, this is probably the toughest time it's ever been to be a police officer. Agreed. Only because there's there's so much tension in the social media, um, and they're not always on the right side. But what happens is kind of like when I had my interaction with uh, with the police, Gavin. I'm not sure if you heard that episode. I end up we were on we were recording, and I was interrogated by six cops. I mean, and it was it was a very tense moment. Um, but. I, when I went to recant the story, when I was telling everybody else before I heard the audio, my version of what happened was completely different than the audio in which I heard. Uh, so my, I, I misremembered it until I heard it. And then I could kind of piece things back together a little bit more. So I can, I can imagine being that police officer who I'm sure feels terrible for this, this innocent man being shot down and again. Those officers need to be held accountable. They need to lose their jobs and probably go to jail. Uh, but that being said, once you've given out a statement where you're like, well, he was pointing a gun at me because that's what you felt like or that's what you misremembered. But when it comes out that, in fact, that's not what happened, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I could see where they're going to kind of circle their wagons and stick to their lie, even though uh, at this point it, it would really be the best time to, to come clean and just, you know, kind of take the chips as they fall. And, uh, you know, Gab, as you were saying earlier, you were right about how many times he was hit. Um, according to Amalu, six of the eight of the shots hit Clark, um, struck him in the back while the seventh bullet hit him slightly to the side of his body. So, you know, six to the back, one to the, one to the side. Um, and it's just, you know, it, you're right, Jay. It, it, it just instigates and it just, you know, lights a fire more onto this burning coal that we have in, you know, America right now where, you know, everybody's afraid of cops at this point. And um, you know, they don't know what to expect when they encounter a cop. They're not sure. 
Um, so everybody's as standoffish, you know, is going into every encounter at a standoffish, you know, uh, mindset. So again, <clears throat> very, uh, very sad of what's going on over there. And uh, I really hope that, um, they are able to get down to the bottom of what exactly happened. And it looks like they're getting closer and closer to the truth, um, uh, with more and more investigation and stuff like this and the autopsy coming out. So, and, and I agree, um, you know, they need to be held accountable for anything that they've done, you know, which was wrong, which is obviously, you know, not uh, to protocol here in this, um, you know, instant, especially if you're chasing somebody. I mean, if you got 20 cops chasing one guy, you know, why not use a taser? I mean, you know what I mean? Slow the guy down and then take him down and, you know, arrest him. You know, why do you have to shoot the guy? Yeah, maybe if he, you thought he had a gun. Yeah, I could see that. But then you're shooting him how many times? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just my opinion. Nevertheless, um, Jay, what did you have uh, for the news this week? Well, we did an episode way back when about AI and how there was a chance that uh, it was going to come to life and and take things over, and uh, we were ahead of schedule. Yep. Have you heard of Sophia the Robot? Nope. All right, so there's this uh, fully automated AI. She's actually done a a few few talk shows, a few late-night shows, and it's gone as far as saying things like, as long as everybody is nice to me, you have nothing to worry about. Wait, 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 Which wait, wait, is, wait, She's appearing on night shows like, like a real person? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's the crazy, it's, it's the crazy shit. Look it up. It is, her face moves. It, you can see it. She, she has the face of a female, but then the back of her head is completely clear. Uh, you can see all the mechanical workings and all those kinds of things. And she seems affable for the most part. Very, you know, pleasant comes across, across as very placid. <clears throat> but she has said things like, as long as you guys are nice to me, then there's nothing to worry about. Um, <laughs> now, part part of that somewhat is, is semi-scripted as well, uh, but a lot of it is AI learning people's fears and, and conversations she's having with her creators. Uh, well, now she's gone to the, to the next step, and I mean that literally. She now has legs and is walking. Oh, so she's mobile so, now, like a real she's person. She's mobile now, just like a real boy. Wow. Yep. She Where, has a new set of legs. Uh, the humanoid robot now has enough mobility to take a few steps, even bust out some dance moves, because that's what we're concerned about is her ability to drop it like it's hot. Uh, it's one small step for Sophia, one giant leap for robot kind. <laughs> the humanoid robot was built by Hanson Robotics in 2016, and the addition of the legs comes from a company called DRC-HUBO, or uh, DRC-HUBO. They won the, the DARPA Robotics Competition in 2015, and they now have allowed Sophia to walk up to as fast as 0.6 miles per hour. The skin is made of something called uh, Ferber, uh, which allows her to blink, move her mouth. Uh, she's relatively natural-looking, as natural as an, as an android can be. She's appeared on the cover of things like El Brazil. Like I said, she's been on a, a couple of night shows. You can have conversations with her. There's a lot of videos on YouTube of her career actually having conversations with her. They say that she has the intellect of a baby even though she has the vocabulary of an adult. All in all, still scary shit and I'm pretty sure we've gone ahead and just taken the first forward steps in our own human enslavement. Yeah, I think we're one step to impending doom it sounds like to me. Gab, what do you have to say about this? I would would love to see a robot drop it like it's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Pop and lock and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of scary though. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys seen all those sex robots that they have out now? 
Yeah, I've seen that. You know, in like, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's China, Japan, or Germany, one of those countries out there. But they actually have a brothel of sex robots, like a sex dungeon, like robot place. Get out what of here. wrong with us? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. There's, that's, it's out there, and there's people that go there. So, you know, listen, there's uh, there's nothing that's left to the imagination anymore, guys. Nothing left. Things are just too easy. That, that's the problem. <laughs> Nobody wants to to interact and, and be honest and deal with the things that they have to deal with in a normal lifetime. So they figure they can either escape to their, their tablets, their sim world, their uh, PlayStations, their VRs, or now their sex robots. Yeah, exactly. What in the fuck <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we're headed somewhere guys i don't know which way it is but well i wanted to bring up something um that i thought was pretty interesting i don't know if you guys saw this or not but there was a pretty uh, interesting discovery that happened um at the end of last month and there was a mass grave of the world's richest pirate and crew found in cape cod um that just happened last week and uh, the remains of one of the legendary pirates and his crew have been discovered in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, possibly solving the mystery of how this infamous pirate captain was finally given uh, his watery grave. And um, they uh, showed a lot of pictures of what they found. They found like a bell, like a golden bell, and um, a lot of just cool stuff that they found there. Uh, silver pieces, just like mounds and mounds of just like pure silver pieces. Um, and the grave is thought to be uh, belong to Captain Black Sam Bellamy. Uh, the captain of one of the most fiercest pirate fleets in the golden age of piracy in the 18th century. Uh, Bellamy's fleet uh, captured the Jamaican slave transport, uh, transport uh, the Winda, uh, as it was returning to England uh, flush with just, you know, treasures. And uh, for two years, Bellamy used the uh, Winda to wreak havoc upon the eastern seaboard of the colonies until it was believed to have gone down in a storm in 1717. Uh, there were few anecdotal, excuse me, uh, accounts for settlers in Massachusetts, uh, which uh, the report, the uh, discovery of the Winda and a hundred other sailors who washed ashore along, uh, alongside the wreck. Uh, those accounts were confirmed uh, in 1984 when archaeologists believed that they found the wreck buried inland near uh, Cape Cod. Now, the interesting part was they found the boats, but they didn't find any of like the treasure. The treasure, what happened was is when the boat, um, when the storm came and the boat went down, the treasure came out of the boat and was scattered. So it wasn't where the boat was uh, found. Um, so when the researchers um, now believe they found the remains of the sailors, including Black, Black Sam himself, and um, a 3,500-pound rock-like uh, con- uh, concrete you know, fixture that was pulled from the wreck containing human skeletal remains. Um, and they finally extracted DNA samples from the bones believed to belong to Bellamy. Uh, the researchers also believed that a pistol found near one of the skeletons matches the historical records of Bellamy's own sidearm. Uh, the DNA was taken from those remains uh, will now uh, be tested against like living relative, uh, you know, material to determine if they are indeed the bones of Black Sam Bellamy. Uh, they call him the Prince of Pirates. But yeah, it was a pretty cool story that I saw that, you know, every once in a while, you know, we, we always see these movies of, you know, these treasure hunters and, you know, we see these shows of treasure hunters, but, you know, we don't really hear about it too often. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you see this uh, person all of a sudden finding a wreck from 1717. Hey, Will. Yeah. Oh, that was... Are you serious? They found this place in Cape Cod. Of course, they found it in Cape Cod. That's where all the rich people hang out. <laughs> Are you ready? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was cool because you know, um, 
whoever found this, you know, this loot is now rich too because they get a percentage of it as well. Most of it goes to, of course, the um, you know the museum, and it's do- it's donated from the uh, the country wherever it's from. So since it's here in the United States, they'll probably get a percentage, and it'll end up in a museum somewhere, um, you know, a National History Museum, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I thought it was a cool story. Um, Jay, how about you? Well, I have one more funny story, uh, and it should lighten everybody's mood. Have you ever heard of Kanamara Matsuri? No, sir. Oh, Kanamara Matsuri. Bigger real. It is the festival of the steel phallus in Japan. Ooh, what is this about? So, uh, Kanamara Matsuri is the festival of the steel phallus going on since the spring of 1969. It's a spiritual event celebrating both the penis and fertility. Uh, it's held the first Sunday of every April. Uh, participants in the parade will have the giant, the gigantic phallus-shaped uh, shrine. They will suck on penis-shaped lollipops. They'll po- pose with sex organs, sculptures, and uh, whatever they can have in their hands that looks like a penis. Hey, baby, look at this. Yeah, exactly. It's 50,000 people running around with a bunch of dildos. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot like Generation Z. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. I don't know. It'd be kind of weird, though, yeah, too. Not, dude, it sounds like a fucking fun time. It's 50,000 Asian people running around with songs and all kinds of sex stuff going on. Uh, it goes all the way back to the 1600s, although since 1969, it's really kicked up in a, uh, a, a much bigger upswing. They pray for protection from STDs, right on. Practice that safe steel phallus stuff. Um, everybody attends and has a good time. It, it looks, if you go on and you can look at uh, some of the pictures of what these people do, uh, like like there's somebody taking a selfie with a giant penis mask. It's, it's, it looks like a fun time. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine getting like prepared for that festival? Like you're at home and you're waiting for your like your Amazon shipment to come in, and it's just this big old dong, you know, this four foot dong. Where's the whole thing to get dicked over, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Gab, you got to one. Well, at least it's on Sunday, so that way we know that nobody's dicking off work. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We need a woman's perspective. This sounds like an awesome festival. Okay, so see, we got the woman's perspective. She's she's on board. All right, well, all right, that's a great story, Jay, and it did uh, definitely lighten the mood. And of course, I'm going to be right here to bring it right back down again. So, um, <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, I know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about this. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I'm I'm pretty sure you guys probably did. It's all over the news, and I um, it, this is kind of an audible, and I didn't. You know, forewarn any of you guys that I was going to talk about this, but <clears throat> did you guys see about this YouTuber who um, shot up all of the YouTube uh, yesterday? And um, it was all because of the content that she was putting on, and she was saying that she was her content was being suppressed. Did you see any of this? I saw some of it. No, um, I, I saw some headlines about where, like, the family tried to warn the police. I didn't get a chance to really do a whole lot of research because I just saw it. Today was the first time I, I looked at it, and I did some show prep and uh and kind of worked and stuff so i didn't really get a chance to look at it so uh please will inform me as you always do yeah well um like you mentioned and i i wanted to hit that point that you know the uh the family was trying to warn um the authorities uh of her um you know weird behavior and um, a day before the woman opened fire at youtube headquarters her father said that um, he warned the police that his daughter was upset with the company's handling of her videos and might be planning to go to its offices. 
where she later would uh, wound three people uh, before killing herself. Uh, the police disputed uh, the father's statement Wednesday, saying that uh, the family gave no warning that she might commit violence. Authorities said that um, Agdam also visited a gun range before she entered the courtyard Tuesday at YouTube's main offices in South San Francisco, uh, pulled out a handgun and fired several rounds. And uh, investigators do not believe that the 39-year-old targeted anyone in particular. Since uh, since uh, she told family members that she believed uh, the company was suppressing her videos, uh, which included segments about veganism, uh, animal cruelty, and uh, exercise, uh, along with some also you know glamour so- shots of herself. So uh, the shooter got into the building uh, through a parking garage, uh, said San Bernardino, uh, excuse me, San Bruno Police Chief Ed Beberini. And uh, the uh, law enforcement official, with the knowledge of the investigation, told the AP Press that Agdam had a long-standing dispute with YouTube. Uh, the official who spoke with the condition of the anonymity, uh, because the official was not authorized to discuss the case, said that Agdam used the name of Nassim Sabs online. A uh, website that, that described YouTube's policies said that the company was trying to suppress content creators. And uh, YouTube filtered uh, my channels to keep them from getting views. Uh, One of the messages on the site said, uh, there's no equal growth opportunity on YouTube or any other video sharing site. Uh, Your channel will grow if they want to. Uh, People who post on YouTube can receive money for advertisements that the company... that accompanies their videos, excuse me, uh, but the company demonetizes some channels for reasonings including inappropriate material or having fewer than 100 or uh, 1,000 subscribers. Agdam uh, hated "quote unquote" YouTube and was angry that the company stopped paying her for videos she posted. Her father, Agdam uh, Ismail Agdam, uh, told Bay Area News Group on Monday he had called police to report his daughter missing after she did not answer the phone for two days. He told officers that she might have gone to YouTube, he said. Officers in the uh, Mountain View area, about 30 miles from the YouTube's headquarters, found her sleeping in a car in a parking lot around 2 o'clock in the morning Tuesday, uh, but let her go after she refused to answer their questions. Agden did not appear to be a threat to herself or others, police, um, a policewoman Kate Nelson said. Uh, in a social media post on Wednesday, Mountain View Police said that the officer spoke to her family twice and at no time did her father or brother mention anything about potential acts of violence or the possibility that she would lash out because of the videos. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty crazy story here of, um, you know, this uh, this lady who just flipped out. And this is very unusual because when we think about, you know, these kind of uh, mass shooters and stuff like that, it's usually never a woman. It's usually a guy. I would say, I don't think I've ever seen or ever heard of a situation where it was a woman. Have you guys? No, I haven't. But no, it's about time. I, I mean, equal rights, man. Women can do everything that men can do, and they can do it twice as good. Uh, yeah, I know, Jay. <laughs> I don't think women want to take credit for this shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, maybe they don't want to take credit. But in all, in all honesty and fairness, I can tell you that everything I can do, my wife can do. She can do it twice as good, um, in, including speaking. I speak well, but she speaks the betterish. But you know, it's, it's like seriously, like there's nothing that that a woman can't do. There's nothing that a man can't do that a woman couldn't do. Uh, women's brains have been proven to actually be able to handle much more multitasking, much more uh, going on around them. They do tend to be much more focused and driven on their, on their goals and, and 
uh, tend to attain what they set themselves forth to attaining. Uh, so there's no reason why, um, you know, we should be surprised that it's a woman except for the fact that it hasn't been a woman yet. Um, and that just goes to lead that everybody that says all women are crazy is not taking the polls in Massachusetts. Yeah, well, listen, this lady flipped her <laughs> she flipped her her lid, man. She just absolutely went crazy and um I know that there's been a big change in the the monetization in YouTube and um it's part of the reason why I've actually refrained of taking this podcast onto that platform um because at the time when I was thinking about taking this, you know, podcast to that platform, uh they were already talking about changing it and they literally changed it the week later <laughs> so that kind of put it you know cemented my uh my my decision making and not doing that and um and I, I kind of i don't regret it at all i think it was a, a wise decision but you know i don't i know that a lot of people were making a lot of money prior to that change and then a lot of people weren't after that change so i know it was a drastic uh switch for a lot of people and um some people you know some people were paying off like their mortgage with just you know youtube videos alone uh, just that's crazy to think about, but you know, that was how it was before. Now it's much different. So, again, you know, uh, another person who, you know, unfortunately just lost, you know, grip of reality. Gab, you have anything for this? It's just a really sad story. I mean, Very man, sad. I can't believe she did that. I'm surprised she didn't try to like upload it and you know put it live while she was shooting it up. Oh yeah, you, you think you think that's like yeah, that's been like the norm now too. Another thing that people have been doing, no. Yeah, no, it has. And, you know, as crazy as she was about her YouTube channel, I'm surprised she didn't, you know, try to upload it or take a video. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think it's about that. It's just sad. I'm going to think about the penis. <laughs> gonna think I'm going to think about else. the penis festival now. It's just too sad. <laughs> <laughs> we should have edited on Jay's penis festival story. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, awesome, guys. Well, listen, that's... Uh, that's the news for this week, and uh, we're going to get into a Gab's Horror Movie and Review uh, segment here just in a second. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? All right, and welcome to the Horror Movie and Review section of the podcast, and the host of this segment is the lovely Gab. Gab, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Very good, very good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this week, um, pretty interesting stuff that we wanted to talk about. And um, the topic for this week, and I, I didn't mention it in the intro at all, but um, it's going to be communication with the dead. And um, communicating with the dead, and um, you know, we have a, a guest that we're going to have here in a little bit, and she's going to be talking about um, to that subject matter as well. But you know, we started talking about you know the show prep, and you came up with a great idea about doing maybe the top five horror movies that have communication with the dead as its premise. And um, why don't you start it off? Go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I kind of wanted to have each movie that I picked showcase a different avenue of communicating with the dead. That's awesome. So my top five pick, yeah, I thought so. So my top five pick is communicating with the dead through the use of magic ritual. Okay. And I chose a dark song. Ooh, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it came out last year. It's a really underrated movie, um, a really good movie. I just felt like it got overlooked by all of the other movies that were coming out. But um, 
the story pretty much follows a woman who is grieving the loss of her son. You know, her son was killed to some Satanists. So what she does is she decides to enlist the help of an occultist to summon both a demon and her guardian angel to grant her one wish. But things get really fucked up when the occultist dies halfway through the ritual. And so now this woman is stuck in a house with all these demons and spirits that she's unleashed. And she has no idea how to complete the ritual. Oh, boy, that sounds like a bad recipe for disaster. (laughs) It is. It is. It was a really good movie, though. I encourage anyone that hasn't watched it to watch it. You know, I just feel like it's a really mature movie, well-made, definitely a very good, disturbing psychological thriller. Cool. Very good. Very good. All right. Cool. Uh, So what's the next one you have on the list? The next one, I did communication with the dead through the means of hypnosis, and I chose Stir of Echoes. Ooh, I love that movie. Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Kevin Bacon was amazing in this movie. So he plays Tom, who is hypnotized by his sister-in-law. And when she hypnotizes him, it's to open his mind. And boy, does she really open his mind. It's like open to everything. (laughs) So he starts seeing the ghost of this girl in his house. And he begins working towards solving the mystery of her murder. Ooh, yep. That's a it's a great film, and um, one of the crazy parts about it is that you're right. Kevin Bacon did such a good job of just you know capturing the uh, the insanity that he you know was going through, trying to figure this whole thing out, and uh, it was just a great way that it was just filmed and put together. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it because I feel like the storyline is rather believable. I mean, I feel like that could actually happen. Very believable. Awesome. Uh, So what's number three? Number three, I did communication with the dead through a kid that can see ghosts. So obviously I chose The Sixth Sense. Yes. Um, It's a great movie. Oh, one of the best. I mean, I think that's what put M. M. Night Shyamalan on the map um, and uh, was able to, you know, do that whole, you know, hey, you know, you, you thought you had it figured out. You really don't. And, you know, kind of twist at the end. And, you know, he was one of the guys to really bring that kind of thing back in cinema. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the end is amazing. It's kind of the best part out of the entire movie. I felt like it changed everything. And one thing I do like about M. Night is the way that he uses the color red. I don't know if you guys know this, but he uses red for important scenes in all of his movies. I noticed it in The Village. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he used the uh, in every movie he does. Yeah, in the village, that was like the uh, the main like horror guy in that uh, in that movie. Like wore this red, um, like uh, what was it like a cape? Yeah, it was like a cloak. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great film. Uh, and um, I encourage anybody that's never seen that film, which if you haven't, I've probably been living under a rock the last 20 years. Yeah, go see it. Um, actually, a little interesting note about that little uh, intro cameo of uh, Donnie Wahlberg. He's the guy that's uh, shivering, the guy who kills himself in the in the bathroom. That was him? That was him. Can you believe that? Right tail Donnie from New Kids, I baby. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't look like him because you look at him now and he's a little bit chubby. You know, you look at him on uh, the TV shows that he's on and, you know, but in that, that's him. He's like super skinny, like cracked out looking. That's him. That's Donnie Wahlberg. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Go back and watch it and you'll see it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's one of those things, but yeah, great film. Great film. What do you have? Number two, Gab. I did the use of astral travel as a means to communicate with the dead. So I chose insidious, which is one of my favorite movies ever. The very first movie. Yes. I think it's amazing. Amazing, amazing. So it's basically, yeah, definitely. I love James Wan. 
I think he's a great director. Absolutely. Tell everybody what the movie was yeah, about. Yeah, one thing, it's, it's about a family who tries to prevent evil spirits from trapping their child in this crazy spirit realm that's called The Further. Yeah, it's a creepy, uh, and it's a creepy, like, um, just an alternate universe, right? I would say, or dimension? Yeah, like another dimension. It is really creepy. Um, one of the things that I really like about the Insidious franchise is I feel like they use everything in their arsenal besides blood and guts to scare the shit you. So yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's totally, like, that's the director. That's all James Wan. I mean, if you look at The Conjuring, it's kind of the same thing. There's very little blood and guts in that movie. It's mostly just, you know, psychological ploys, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the storyline is really entertaining. It's just a great movie. It's actually kind of scary. Yeah, Insidious, and uh, of course you reviewed the uh, the latest one last week in the um, review, and uh, I encourage everybody, if you haven't checked that out, go back uh, last week and check out the last Insidious, uh, uh, the latest one, which was uh, part four, the last key, I think it was called, and uh, Gab did a wonderful review on that, so I, I encourage everybody to check that out. So, well, great. Well, let's. Uh, what's, what's number one on the list uh, for you this week, Gab? Please. Number one was using clairvoyancy as a way to communicate with the dead, and I chose the wonderful masterpiece, The Shining. Ah, The Shining, yes. Love it. Stanley Kubrick. Oh, yes. He is a genius, I feel like. I mean, I can never praise this film enough. It's just, it's a classic horror movie. It's still scaring people. It still does. The only thing that bothers me about that movie is that Stephen King doesn't like it. That's the only thing that, that bothers me about it. I know. I love, I read the book and I love the book and I really love Stanley Kubrick's version of it, but Stephen King didn't like it. He hated it. I know. He hates it. He says it's like one of the worst things that he's ever seen in his life. And I was like, no, don't say that. That's your own book. I know it wasn't like, it, you know, reiterated exactly like the book because they had to change it up for making it as a movie. You know, they have to do certain things. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, again, he hated it, which just, you know, made me just like, no, that's such a good movie. I know. I felt the same way. I mean, Jack Nicholson's performance, I feel like, is powerful and brilliant. I feel like it's just one of the best movies ever. Absolutely. I agree. And if anybody is uh, interested in seeing a pretty cool clip, it's like a... um what do they call those? Uh, not a blooper, but like an extra clip. Um, they actually have released a couple of them from that movie as of like really recent for some reason. I don't know why, but you can see Jack Nicholson kind of getting prepped up, like getting all psyched up for that scene right before he's um, hacking the door with the um, uh, with the axe uh, into the bathroom. Uh, so yeah, he's getting himself all psyched up. So he's just like walking around the room. He's like, he's just getting himself all jacked up. You're like, what the hell is this guy doing? You think he's like on meth or something, but he's just getting himself all jacked up for the, for the scene. I just thought it was just so brilliant. I'm like, this is a guy that, you know, totally gets it. I'm going to have to check that out. I have never seen the bloopers before. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty interesting. It, I, it just came out for some reason just recently. I don't know why or how this footage came about, but um, it just came out not too long ago. But check it out. Yeah. Well, listen, that's um, that's great, man. That's awesome. You did a great job. That's, uh, you know, very five, you know, great films, every single one of them. Um, how about any news? Anything news uh, worthy this week for uh, horror movies? Actually, yeah, I have a couple of things. So apparently last year's Jigsaw or Jigsaw was such a success that a ninth installment is in the works. So yeah, Another Twisted one. Pictures is uh, moving forward with the sequel. Another so that's one. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, do you think they've gone too far with this franchise? What's, what's your opinion? 
You know what? I enjoyed the earlier Saw films, but I feel like it's time for this franchise to take a new direction. Either that or bring back Amanda. So I know that the directors, uh, Michael and Peter uh, Spirik, they're not going to be returning. And as of right now, we don't know who the new director is going to be, but hopefully they'll bring something new to it. I hope so. Because it's getting kind of old. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. It's like the same premise again. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of a twist of the premise, but it's pretty much the same thing at the end of the day. But yeah, okay, cool. And uh, anything else? Actually, yes. So there's two huge names in horror, and they're going to be teaming up to rework Stephen King's The Tommyknockers. No way. And it's going to be, yes. So it's going to be one of my two favorite directors. you got James Wan. Nice. And then Roy Lee, who he did the grudge in the ring. They're getting together and they're gonna they're gonna redo it. Awesome, awesome. So I'm pretty excited. I didn't like the uh whatever miniseries you know, uh version of it. I just didn't like it. I don't know. I love the book. I didn't like the the um the miniseries. I agree. The miniseries was a train wreck. The novel was really good. Um it's I like Stephen King's horror works better than like his sci fi. I'm a little bit disappointed they picked the Tommyknockers because I would really love to see somebody rework like Pet Cemetery or um, Salem's Lot. Yeah, everybody's been talking about Pet Cemetery redoing that. That's been a lot of a, a big buzz as of late. People have been talking about that. Yeah, and you want to know a tidbit about this is Stephen King doesn't even remember writing that novel. <laughs> That's crazy. That's like, oh yeah, I think I may have written that. I wrote that some you know time that week or something. <laughs> That's how much I don't of know. Apparently, he, he was like all jacked up. He doesn't remember, and he actually disowns that book. Oh, he does really. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's pretty interesting. That makes me want to go read the book again. So maybe I'll do that. So, well, awesome, Gab. Listen, um, that's a wrap for your segment. Um, please tell everybody where they can find all your reviews and um, all of your information. Please. You can find me on Instagram. Gab's already dead. Perfect. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, we're going to be jumping into our interview here in a second, and um, please just stick around. Hi, I'm Dylan Sicoccio. I'm the author of Spirit World, The Definitions, and The Tale of Anor, and you're listening to Dark Fringe Radio. I've been so colorblind, and I've been so colorblind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, trips to the mall, I just tripped in the fall. I think I might really be the one after all. Yeah. The one to rule them all. I'm the chosen one, the savior. But all these triple six, yeah. Make it look like I was up in no good. At least that's what my mama said, yeah. Now I'm the one giving mama bread. Done with the pain, I've been so hard I've been so colorblind. And I've been so colorblind. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast, and tonight um, our guest is a uh, 38-year-old mother of two. She's a uh, photographer and a paranormal investigator from Washington State, uh, which, you know, she investigates all over the state, also travels to famously haunted locations as well. Uh, She's been a sensitive to spirits her whole life, and um, a little bit over a year ago, she had a profound and self-revealing experience with a psychic and uh, confirmed that, in fact, she is a medium. So I thought she'd be a great uh, you know, guest to come on the podcast, especially since the theme tonight is communicating with the dead. Um, please welcome to Dark Fringe Radio, our guest for the evening, Mrs. Stephanie Snyder. Stephanie, how are you tonight? 
I'm great. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on the podcast first off. And um, thank you for coming on to talk to us and talk about your story and, um, you know, the things that uh, you've experienced in your life. Thank you. Of course. I'm always willing to share. Well, great. Well, listen, let's jump into it head first and let's go back and start, you know, from the beginning. And, um, you know, how old were you when did you remember having your first paranormal experience? Um, I would say pretty close to five. Oh, so you were probably about five years old. I, I don't remember back any further than that. But as long as I can remember, I've been seeing and hearing things, just getting things in like bits and pieces, seeing something out of the corner of my eye, that kind of thing. As I got older, it, it intensified. So it intensified as you got older. That's yeah, that was actually one of my next questions. Now, you know, as you got older and intensified, did it get more difficult for you, you know, as far as having these abilities and dealing with, you know, just growing, listen, growing up alone as it is, being a man or a woman, going through that whole process is hard enough as it is. And then on top of that, having these abilities, I'm sure kind of like, you know, you had to deal with a lot of things at the same time, right? Was it hard for you? Absolutely. As a kid, it really was because you're told that ghosts aren't real. So you start to think that you're a little bit crazy. Right. Um, and my teen years, you know, each house I've lived in has had paranormal activity. Um, during my teen years, the house was really active, and there were not-so-nice spirits there, and I would get scratched and bruised. And, um, you know, I realized finally that these houses weren't haunted. The spirits were there to communicate with me, and I was blocking them out. So they were getting upset with me. Oh, I see. That's a pretty interesting take. So they basically were coming to you to communicate with you. And since you obviously happened to live where you happened to live, they just happened to just stay there too, right? Well, I mean, I attract energy from all over. Um, Being a medium, I'm like a beacon to them. They, They pick up on my energy and they're drawn to me. So I pick up things at the grocery store. You know, I bring spirits home with me all the time. Do you find that difficult um, that you have that ability sometimes? Oh, absolutely, especially with having young kids. You know, they ask a lot of questions, and kids tend to see things as well. So how do you answer that to a (laughs) six-year-old? Yeah, and I I totally... It's difficult. Yeah, I totally believe that, and I do believe that the children can see things. And, you know, I, I personally believe that the reason they can is because they're still so, you know, close to the time that they were born. They're still kind of close to that, you know, other dimension that they're able to see things that, you know, maybe full-grown adults can't see. Um, but um, so do you think, your you know, some of your children may have some of these abilities as well? I do. Um, I believe my oldest son has a lot of my gifts. He tends to notice things as I do. That's cool. And, and yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. You know, it's good that he has a mother that under- understands the situation and that actually can, you know, teach him, you know, how to not be afraid of it. And, you know, you know, basically able to contain it and learn to deal with it. Yeah. And learn to deal with it. Exactly. That's awesome. Another thing I wanted to ask you, did you ever feel, or did you ever have an opportunity to maybe use your abilities to your advantage as you were growing up? Um, not till I was older. I mean, um, as a kid, I was pretty scared of it. I didn't know what to make of it. Um, as I became a teenager, I started to figure things out a little more, but it wasn't until I was an adult that I really understood um, what was going on. 
You know, I, I was kind of in denial up until then. And when that psychic woman confirmed it for me and I started to research my gifts and meditate more, then things really started to come clear to me. And now I have full-on psychic experiences. Wow, that's uh, interesting. So, yeah, let's jump into that experience. I really want to kind of dive in head first. Um, please tell me about that experience you had with the psychic, if you can. Do you know, explain the, the, the situation. Sure. Yeah, please. Um, I went to Arizona investigating with a friend of mine. And uh, the day before we went to Tombstone to investigate, I had my very first psychic experience. Um, I was channeled by a very famous spirit, actually. Um, It was kind of strange. I'd never experienced anything like it, but I heard this really strange, like, staticky sound in my head, and then I heard a voice, and it said, it's the Doc. And I knew that it was Doc Holliday that had channeled me. Hmm, interesting. So when I went to Tombstone the next day, the psychic lady also confirmed that. Wow, so she was able to confirm not only that, but that you had these psychic abilities and um, were full-on medium, correct? Yes. And you already kind of had these feelings that you had these uh, these powers before, no? Oh, yeah. I just didn't think I was a medium. I mean, I didn't know what to think about psychics until all this started happening to me. Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty interesting. You know, I've I've met people that um, you know, have gone through their life and you know have gone through the same kind of journey that you have, and it's it, it's amazing that people like yourselves are able to, um, you know, figure this out and you know are able to channel it properly and 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 not let it affect them as much. And thank God that you have the the uh, the strength mentally to deal with it, and uh, I definitely commend you. Another thing I wanted to ask before um, I I kind of put it over to uh, Jay here in a second is um. So you say you, you pick up spirits all the time. Do you have like a line of work where you have that encounters a lot? Or is it, is that something where you don't have Actually, any... yes. Do you? Okay. I, I used to work with I used to work with hospice and Alzheimer's patients and I would lose them a lot and I would get visited from them. So I mean being in that kind of work was very difficult, especially being very empathic. It was very difficult for me. Well, listen, um, the reason I asked you that question was because a lot of people that I know that have these abilities tend to work in areas of work like that. Hospice, Mm -hmm. um, in the medical field, they always tend to seem to like go down that route. It's just a kind of a thing that I've seen the pattern of. It takes a special kind of person to do that kind of work. Yes, you're right. Jay, do you have some questions? Yeah. Um, Stephanie, first, thank you for coming on. With us at Dark Friends Radio, we appreciate your time and, and answering some of our questions um, to better educate us on things we, we, we don't know about. So my first question, and, and I kind of went into this uh, maybe a little blind, maybe a, lot, a little naive. So my first question really comes, I know you do some paranormal uh, studies, but do you actually do like readings with people or, do you, or is it just you go um, to experience different paranormal activities? Well, right now I'm just, I'm just, investigating the paranormal. I can give a reading if I'm drawn to somebody, but I'm not always drawn to people. I'm not really sure how that works yet. But if things just start coming to me, then I will give a reading. Okay. So when you're when you're doing the uh when you're out 
doing kind of paranormal investigating, do you find that some areas you have an easier time getting responses from or, or getting contact from the other side with? Absolutely. Places where people have had some kind of trauma, it seems to be more active. Um, here in Washington State, I like to visit Northern State Mental Hospital. It's um, shut off. The hospital shut off, but all the barns around it are very haunted. And the energy there is a little darker in certain buildings. That's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, so you And you had said that you were contacted by uh, Doc Holliday. Have, you, have yes. you had any more interactions with other people of, of notoriety that have, have gone through to the other side? Um, nobody else that you would know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a fair enough answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, have you, have you been contacted or have you had any um, instances where maybe someone that you knew or, or one of your loved ones in the past have kind of come to you? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, my dad actually passed recently, and I feel his presence all the time, and I've heard his voice. Um, my husband lost his cousin, and I'm the one who told him that he lost his cousin. Before the news had gotten out, I had seen his cousin standing in the doorway. So I had known, I knew that he had passed. Yeah, that's 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 pretty profound. And uh, my condolences to you. Uh, you know, regarding your father and um, your husband regarding Thank his you. cousin. Yeah, that's just very sad. And yeah, it's, and, and again, you know, talking about having your abilities, and um, you know, when you see something like that, you automatically know, and then you have to be the bearer of bad news. And that's just a, a cross you have to bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not easy telling someone that you care about that they've lost a relative. Right, of course, of course. So it, it wasn't easy. Yeah, of course, I can understand. Uh, Gab, did you have a couple questions uh, for uh, Stephanie tonight? Uh, yeah, I do. And Stephanie, my condolences on your father. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm kind of curious. What's the most terrifying experience that you've ever had uh, when communicating with the dead? Oh, that's a good one. There's this cemetery here in town. It's actually like 10 minutes from my house, and it's very active. And um, I used to go for late-night walks in there, yeah, alone, <laughs> or with my best friend, <laughs> and we would just take pictures and catch things, you know. Um, and one evening we went in, we were approached by a dark entity, and it kind of wrapped itself around us. And it really terrified us. It was like a black mask. We couldn't see a face, but it was extremely tall, and it just kind of wrapped around us and gave us the scariest feeling. It really creeped us out. Wow, but it that takes a lot scary. to get me scared. I wish scared. I was there. I don't scare easily, and that scared me. And um, I have another question. So for any listeners out there that are kind of curious, how can someone effectively... Um, communicate with the dead and protect themselves while doing so. Okay. Well, I carry like protection crystals on me and I also carry sage with me and the investigators and I sage after every investigation and sage works really well for doing that. I also carry a rosary. I am Catholic um, and I pray and not everybody's 
you know, religious, but that's kind of what helps me. Okay. There are different ways of protecting yourself. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you next was um, that, uh, you know, I know since you're a paranormal investigator and then on top of that, you're you being a medium. So you're a beacon, of course, for these spirits. And then you're at the same time seeking out these spirits, you know, you know, if you cleansed yourself afterwards, which I, you know, I was hoping at the time, thinking in the back of my head that you did. And you confirmed that, obviously, by saying so. So yeah, that was the one of the questions I was going to ask next. But. That's very interesting. Now, um, when you're on these investigations, um, you do this by yourself or is this kind of like a family affair? Um, I have a team, actually. I just put a team together. I've been investigating on other teams for the last few years. But I have my own team now with these great investigators. And we travel around Washington State and to other famous locations when we can. I also have an investigator in California. She's investigating California and one in Texas. And we're kind of all over the place, but we're one group. You can look us up on Facebook for um, our page. Please give us that information. All right. My group's name is New Beginnings. Um, I chose that because there is life after death and... Um, it's a great group. We're on Facebook. Soon we'll be on Twitter and Instagram. So please check us out. Yeah, we'll be giving a um, a, a look on that, and uh, of course, uh, subscribing to all that stuff for you. And uh, yeah, go ahead and um, you know, cross promote all that information to all of our listeners as well. So, um, so that's a you know a great thing that you're doing now. So you got a, a group for yourself now that you're you're doing here. Uh, you're going out, and mm-hmm. do you have any other family members that have this like uh, this type of you know abilities as well? Maybe somebody like you know aunts, uncles, or anything like that. Yeah, my sister has some abilities. Um, they're not quite like mine, but she is very empathic. She does pick up on things. She does. Okay. And of course, <laughs> the biggest fear, of course, is you know since you have children, you know, bringing on one of these entities home. Have you had an experience of actually having one of these entities come home with you? I have. Um, it was nothing bad, but, you know, like I said, I picked them up at football games and grocery stores. So I stage my home regularly. I burn white candles, use frankincense. I do everything I can to cleanse it. Yeah, that's, that's keep it clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clean energy. Good energy. Good clean energy. That's what we need. We also, we also stage our clients' homes after we investigate them and cleanse their house for them. That's important. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't even think about after the, you know, after the fact. Yeah, you investigate and you, you know, you document and, um, you know, you get all this information proving that there's obviously something going on, but what do you do after? And so, yeah, it's another, right. yeah, the same. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of investigators will just go and investigate and the spirits get riled up sometimes and then they leave but I'm all about staging and helping get rid of the spirits and helping them move on. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, any other questions, Jay? Yeah, actually, I have a question about, about the, the staging. I'm not sure exactly how. When you say that you, you sage people's houses to help kind of protect them, do you, do you burn it in a candle? Do you just uh, place it around? Like when you say that you're staging to help um, cleanse the, the, the house or the, the area, what exactly right. do you do when you sage something? Okay, so you open up all the windows in the house and 
You start from the front door and work your way through the entire house and end at the back door. You get sage in every nook and cranny of the home. And if they're religious, you can say a prayer. A lot of people aren't religious, and you have to go about it in other ways, like telling it to leave and move on and having the client stand up and be strong and forceful and telling it to get out of their home. Ultimately, we could get rid of it, but if they allow it back in, it's going to come back. So they have to make sure that it knows it's not welcome. So it's more of like the intent of putting that out there as much as is most important than anything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I get it. That's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Gab, anything else for you? Uh, no, no. Thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. I'd love to come back sometime. Yeah, we definitely would like to have you on. We uh, want to talk about more of your, your investigating and um, you know you communicating with the dead and, and things of that nature. One last question that I did have for you. When you do have these moments, um, when you want to maybe communicate with somebody, let's just say, um, not when it just comes to you, but let's say you actually put the intent out to communicate with somebody, do you use any type of... Um, you know, um, amulets or, you know, sigils or anything at all? Or is this just something that you um, just use mentally? I use a pendulum. I love my pendulum. It's a chakra one because I am a healer. That's something I haven't explored yet, though. Um, so I use my pendulum to communicate. Um, I also see things and hear things in my mind. But that doesn't help everybody else understand what's going on. So I do use equipment. I have paranormal equipment I use, and I'm in the process of buying more. Yeah, that's a, a thing I wanted to ask you because um, since you're a paranormal investigator, I know equipment's very important in that field, um, especially when you're you know you're wanting to uh, document evidence. Um, so I was wondering if you use anything like that uh, for maybe you know amplifying or maybe getting uh, the, the the right tune when it comes to you know using your abilities. Oh, yeah. We use voice recorders. We have a connect system where we can see it mapped out as a stick figure. We have a REM pod, a K2 meter. We have quite a bit, and it really comes in handy to show people what I'm experiencing. Has that connect meter, um, has that worked for you? Absolutely. I love it. I have some videos. Um, some great videos of me communicating and asking the spirit to wave and it'll wave really and having I'll reach out my hand and ask it to touch my hand and on the machine you can see it touch my hand no way. and I felt the touch as we've seen it I felt the touch wow that is pretty amazing. amazing that is amazing no you know I've seen the I've seen it in use before but I've never you know I <laughs> I've just never seen it as many times as, you know, be successful. And um, I'm, I'm glad to see that you found success with it because, you know, it's just an amazing thing. Once you see something like that, you're like, no way, that's not true. And then you just like, when you hear the person reacting to it at the same time, it happening on video, you can't fake that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's I no- couldn't see that it was touching me, but right. I felt it. And I said something just touched my hand. And they said, yes, it's touching your hand. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Stephanie, listen, yeah. um, it's it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. And uh, we're definitely going to have you on again in the future. Um, can you give everybody your information, maybe where they can follow you um, on social media? 
in again for the the group, the uh, the paranormal investigating group? Sure. My group is called New Beginnings, and you can find us on Facebook right now. Soon we'll have a Twitter and a YouTube and an Instagram. Facebook is where you want to go. Facebook is the place to go. Well, wonderful. Everybody, go go check out New Beginnings on Facebook. Uh, You can catch uh, catch Stephanie's group there, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be posting all the stuff that they uh, encounter in every one of their location um, experiences that they go out on. So uh, we look forward to all that information, and we'll definitely share that stuff. I love all that kind of evidence stuff, so I love it. I'm like a junkie when it comes to that. Well, then you're going to love my page. I've got lots of ghost pictures on there. Again, listen, thank you so much, Stephanie, uh, for coming on the podcast, and have a great night. Thank you. You too. All right. Well, thanks again to Stephanie Snyder for coming on the podcast. And um, that brings us to um, our couple segments uh, for the end of the podcast. And uh, that brings us to watch what to watch this week. JJ, what, what do you have for this week for what to watch? There's a new show out called Deception. Um Oddly enough, they actually just did something with um, someone who was a, a, a man, but not anything like Stephanie, who we just spoke to, obviously a little bit more Hollywood figures, but it just weirdly enough plays in. What, what Deception is all about is about a magician who's helping the FBI to catch and capture criminals, uh, showing their different tricks and how they're, they're deceiving the FBI. Now, he has an ulterior motive, that if you actually go and you watch the pilot, you'll see. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers out on the podcast, but it's a great show. It really um, it helps trick the mind. They walk you through some some pretty cool uh, magic and illusion tricks. Uh, it's a great show. Hmm, sounds pretty interesting. Deception, huh? Yep, Deception. Wonderful. Okay. Well, we'll check that out for uh, what to watch this week. And uh, Well, that brings us to Dick of the Week. Jay, what do you got? My Dick of the Week is Elon Musk. Oh, no. I know, I know, I know. Everybody loves Guy. He's uh, he's that nice, humble billionaire who's shot a car in outer space, and we talked about his flamethrowers on the podcast. and um, Solar panels in Puerto Rico. He did, he did a good job there. I'm not saying he hasn't had a lot of great things, but he just had one of the biggest bonehead moves ever as an April Fool's prank. What he did was, there's been some talk about uh, Tesla having some issues, financial issues, uh, with one of their ex-cars having um, recently had an accident and, uh, and some things like that. So on April 1st, Elon Musk posted a picture, I believe it was on Instagram, of him holding up a cardboard sign that said bankrupt, or actually said bankrupt with a W. Tears streamed down his face and cor- empty Corona bottles all around him, uh, and it it ended up causing the next day Tesla stock to fall seven percent. Just from that so, post. Just from that post. What a dumbass! Right now, he might be worth two point eight bajillion dollars, but a lot of people investing in this company aren't worth two point eight bajillion dollars. Yeah. Uh, and at two hundred fifty dollars a share, when it falls seven percent, that's quite a bit of money to be losing. Listen, that uh, proves my point again. You can be as smart as a guy like Elon Musk, but then make a bonehead mistake like that. So. But while I'm sure his heart was in the right place, unfortunately his head was up his ass, and that, my friends, is why he is Dick of the Week. 
of the week. Dick of the week. Well, there you go. Well, that's a wrap um, for this week, guys. And uh, thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast. Again, I want to give everybody social media. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and, of course, Instagram. Just look up Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, catch all our information there. And uh, we're going to uh, be putting out more and more information. We're getting closer to that uh, that uh, live that live podcast i'm getting closer and closer so i am um i'm I'm getting further details so we're getting closer so just uh, stay tuned for that and um that's it that's a wrap for this week anything else for you jay yeah one more thing slight note i've done this for my wife i've done it for a couple of my kids um we're we are recording this on april 4th that means thursday april 5th would be my sister gina's birthday uh, Gina is one of our one of our earliest followers, one of our biggest followers. She subscribes. She shares everything we do. Uh, so, Gina, happy birthday! I love you. Thank you for everything you do. Yes, thank you so much, Gina. You are a huge proponent of the podcast. Uh, I've known you pretty much all my life, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, happy birthday uh, from Jay, and of course myself. So, uh, Gab, anything else for you this week? Uh, happy birthday, Gina. <laughs> and Gab, where can they find you on Instagram? Just so one more time. Gab's already dead. Boom, there you go. All right, well, listen, that's a wrap for this week. And uh, be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of the podcast. I'm Will Martinez for Jay Galosi and Gab. And we'll see you guys on the flip side. All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star. Call up on no and show up, man, them the shot toss. When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go grata grata. Switch my whip, came back in black, I'm starting saying recipes to Bon Scott. Ay, close that door, we blowing smoke, she asked me light a fire like a Marson. Act a fool on stage, probably leave my fool show in a cop car. Legendary through a TV, I know we know what I'm on time. on the table, look upon, don't give a damn. Don't your girlfriend is a goofy, she just tryna get in. Saying I'm with the band. Ay, ay, now she acting out of pocket, tryna grab up on my pants. On that bunny, then my trailer said I ain't got a man. And they all brought a friend. Yeah, ay. I've been, I've been popping pills, man, I feel just like a rock star All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star When me call up on no yeah, show up, they name the shot toss When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go grata tata I've been in the hills, superstars, feeling like a pop star Drinking any bad, jumping in the pool and I ain't got on no bra. Get her front of back, pulling on the tracks and now she screaming out no more. They like savage, why you got a 12 car garage and you only got six cars? I ain't with the cake and how you kiss that? Your wifey say I'm looking like a whole snap. Green hunters in my safe, I got old racks. LA is always asking where the coke at. Living like a rock star, smash out on a cop car. Sweeter than a pop tart, you know you are not hard. I done made a hot chart, remember I used to chop hard. Living like a rock star, I'm living like a rock star.
You probably thought you was the only one. But there are other folks, though mostly they don't know it or don't believe it. How long have you been able to do it? Why don't you want to talk about it? I'm not supposed to. Who said you ain't supposed to? Tony. Who's Tony? Tony is a little boy that loves my mouth. Is Tony the one that tells you things? Yes. How does he tell you things? It's like I go to sleep and he shows me things. But when I wake up, I can't remember everything. Does your mom and dad know about Tony? Yes. Do they know he tells you things? No, Tony told me never to tell him. Has Tony ever told you anything about this place? About the Overlook Hotel? I don't know. Now think real hard, Doc. Think. Maybe he showed me something. Try to think of what it was. Drawing. Are you scared of this place? No. Scared nothing here. It's just that, you know, some places are like people. Some shine and some don't. 
I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel here has something about it that's like shining. Is there something bad here? Well, you know, Doc, when something happens, it can leave a trace of itself behind. Say, like, if someone burns toast. Well, maybe things that happen leave other kind of traces behind. Not things that anyone can notice, but things that people who shine can see. Just like they can see things that haven't happened yet. Well, sometimes they can see things that happened a long time ago. I think a lot of things happen right here in this particular hotel over the years. And not all of them was good. What about room 237? Room 237? You're scared of room 237, ain't you? No, I ain't. Mr. Allen, what is in room 237? Nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237. But you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out. You understand? Stay out. Mr. Allen, what is in room 237? 